Hi everyone and welcome to another Giant Sisters podcast here with Joe Brothers and today I'm with Honourable Nikki Kay. She was elected as Member of Parliament for the Auckland Central Electorate in 2008, winning the seat for the National Party for the first time in New Zealand's history. In 2011 and 2014, she was re-elected winning the seat against then Labour List MP Jacinda Ardern. In 2017 election, she was re-elected with the highest majority that she has had during her time in Parliament. Following her re-election in 2011, Nikki held the role of Chair of the Education and Science Select Committee, where one of her achievements included leading a parliamentary inquiry into digital literacy and 21st century learning environments, successfully ensuring almost all recommendations were adopted by the national government in 2012. Hi, Nikki. Hi. Hi. Really good. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. Oh, we always ask this question first, the power of intention. How did you design your life and career path or did it just evolve? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I think from a very young age, I wanted to help people. Right. So that Mm. driving force um, has has guided me. Yes. Um, And so that is an element of design. Mm. Um, But there's certainly been a number of events completely (laughs) outside my control. Right. um, That have been pretty life changing, Mm. for which I think I, um, you know, that my career and my life has evolved as a result of those quite life changing events. So, what's some of your unique experiences that you've had in your career as a politician and a person and a woman? Okay. So, well, I think firstly, the privilege of my job every mm. day yes. is that I get to see, I often say to people, the best of New Zealand. So I, whether yeah. I'm meeting mm. someone who's working at the coalface in terms of the community around mm. homelessness in central Auckland, yes. or whether I'm, I've got someone who's come in because um, they have a situation around housing or mm. um, the health system and mm. they want um, the government to spend more on um, drug funding. Mm. Or I might be meeting with um, a dame who spent decades in business. Yes. Um, It is those everyday interactions Mm. that have certainly shaped who I am. Mm. Um, And if anything, they enable me to be resilient to the other Mm. um, crappy times that that you deal with. Mm. Um, So I think that's one thing. I think, Mm. look, there have been... Being a cabinet minister mm. has been um, a highlight, extraordinary mm. privilege of my life, and you deal with things mm. that are not normal. Um, yes. So, minister, there is a potential wave coming towards New Zealand, wow. um, and we have the, che- the science advisors meeting to determine whether that is um, a tsunami or not. Wow! Yeah. To um, dealing with one of the you know our largest food safety scare. Um, and thinking that we could have babies dying. Mm. So they're quite extreme Absolutely. experiences. Mm. And so I think the thing that I'd say is, separate to this extraordinary amount of goodness mm. that you get, you also have huge responsibility. Mm. Um, and that has shaped me in that I thought, until I got cancer, um, that I had been tested Mm. beyond belief but then I realized there's nothing like thinking you're going to die to um 
to have everything melt mm. away and realize that there's still a lot of stuff that you think about and deal with that are really insignificant in the scheme of things yeah that's yeah amazing advice in terms of embracing lessons what challenges have you experienced that have shaped you the most as a person I think obviously um you, you know f- finding out that I had breast cancer mm. was um certainly a horrific thing that mm. I would not wish anyone no. um got experienced and actually but you know so many New Zealanders are touched by cancer mm. um but it was there were some positive things that came out about it yes. I mean I'm closer to my family I think I, I had got into a situation as a minister where I was so focused on mm. contributing and helping everybody else but at one level I think maybe I neglected mm. people like my mum and my sister Wow. so I'm, mm. I'm closer to them that's great um, I don't sweat some of the small stuff I still mm. sweat some stuff but, <laughs> yeah. but I am, I have a lens on life mm. that means that I think, I thought I was happy before but I'm even more happy because I realise mm. Every day is a good day. Yes. When you're um, not getting needles stuck into you and various mm. things. Yeah. And so um, I think that that whole experience has shaped me. I think that, um, you know, being a constituency MP, um, and when I, when I grew up, I, my, my, stepfather even though they're not married but my parents have been together for like 25 years yes I effectively grew up in a law practice so I got to meet people from lots of different walks Mm. of life Mm. and I think that that has been really um rewarding Mm. in that you know you you get to understand that there are some things about human nature Mm. that we all experience Mm. um you know pretty much most of us love cry, mm, get yeah. shafted at some point, um, <laughs> yes. have relatives that you need to deal with. Um, and so we have the common threads mm. of humanity. Yes. But then we, um, you know, I have, I have been able to have a more of a lens into things like discrimination around mm. women or ethnic right. minorities. Um, mm. I have been able to understand and walk alongside people in different professions and mm. understand the different things that they're dealing with. So that, that's been, I think, as well, a big shaping mm. of, of, um, of, my, of who I am. Mm. And with so many things to balance, do you have ways of coping with stress or relaxation and downtime? Because I definitely do. I think I, I haven't in the past been as good, and you know, I think that's what any health um, mm. situation... Um, mm. helps to force you to do right. um, but I've always found because I think that balance is wanting to help everyone mm. um, you want to save the world the right? Um, that you can't be doing that if you're not looking after yourself so mm. I definitely eat way better than yeah. I ever have mm-hmm. and that is um, about just understanding that if I don't then I don't get the energy that yes. I need to um, and so I think I, I um, have always loved walking mm-hmm. um, or I've previously done exercise but it's, it's not about being fit it's about it, it sort of enables me to stop yes and, right. and I can sort of zone out mm. Mm. and then I have two beautiful fur children yes. 
I know, I know Lily well. Lily and Charlie. Charlie who Charlie yeah. is not so much on social right. media because it, he runs out of pictures. <laughs> really? Um, and also Lily um, gives him a good whack around the ears, <laughs> so it's hard to get them in the same yeah. shot together. But yeah, um, yeah and they are um, gorgeous. And then my nieces and my nephews mm. um, as well. So I, and I love, I love, I actually, because I read so much mm. of politics. Right. When I'm on downtime, mm. like if I'm travelling or something like that with mates, um, then I want to read trashy magazines. Fair enough. Or total fiction. Right. Where you, where I can Escape. zone out. Yeah, that sounds that makes sense. What advice would you give to your younger self? To my younger self, you know, I went through this mm. when I um, was diagnosed, and this. I'm, I think I'm very fortunate in this. Mm. I could honestly look back and say I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Um, That's great. Which is an incredible mm. scenario to be in. Like, I feel like I've, I'm doing my dream job. Mm. Um, I've got an incredible fa- like family. I mean, you know, as I say, it, was, it won't ever be perfect on that front you know there's been some pretty tough stuff that have occurred but my mum um you know my sister my mm. brother I feel you know I'm mm. very loved yeah um that's great and I've um you know I've been fortunate to be able to um you know travel the world mm. um I've had had a great love my ex-boyfriend you know I, I sort of I sort of feel I don't I just because when I was young you know, mum always said, it doesn't matter what you do, as long mm. as you're good to people. Right. You know, it's basic values in terms yes. of courage, integrity, work mm. ethic. Mm. So, I I guess if I was going to give any, I'm trying to, th- I'm, I am scratching, <laughs> but if I was going to give any advice, it probably would have been to eat better and sleep. Right. Like, yeah. eat, like looking after yourself mm. is... Yes actually something that I think and it is a generalisation women don't do as well they are prepared yeah. to look after everybody else mm-hmm. but themselves self care absolutely yeah. yeah so and I when what I mean mm. as well about that is not just sort of drink and food and all that it's mm. actually personal development yes so yeah. um your mental health yeah your um um relationships and all of that stuff I just think um, thinking about what is the time that mm. you put aside to do that and yeah. who are the people in your life that help you with that yes good 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 point what is your vision for New Zealand if it was at its most thriving and uh, foot forward and yep. what would that look like uh, it would be a place where we have had what I would call a quality of opportunity right so yeah. We have that to a level that mm. other countries don't have, yes. but basically whatever walk of life that you come from, whatever mm. family you're born into, that you have the capacity to get a great education yes. and be a lifelong learner. Yeah. Right? So that's something right. that we need yes. to shift as a country to, not mm. just for a couple of years. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a cultural shift that needs right. to occur. That though um, there wasn't disadvantage like we have now mm-hmm. for um and some of that is entrenched and we need to change that mm-hmm. so um 
you know, there was that equality of opportunity in terms of education, access to health as well. Yes. Um, systems. That at an environmental level, mm-hmm. um, we um, shifted from a management mm-hmm. and clean up mode yeah. to what I would call a conservation um, and sustainability mode. Right. Um, so that instead of being laissez faire and relaxed and thinking, mm-hmm. well, New Zealand's beautiful and everything will always exist like that. True, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That we, as a country, this is a, a bit of a uh, harder one as a statement, separate to the opportunities that we had, that we, we were strong economically because the reality mm-hmm. is we will not be able to fund our public services mm-hmm. and um, all of the things that we want to do from a social perspective, unless we are. Yes. And so that means as well fostering mm. a group of um, young people um, mm. to be able to be entrepreneurial, um, to feel completely supported mm. um, around a business and social community. Yeah. Um, that we as a nation um, stamped out sexual and domestic violence. Mm. Um, that is... Absolutely. And um and alongside that and I think again some of mm. these things are connected. Yes. Um, that we had a zero youth suicide Absolutely. and self harm mm. um rate. That we had affordable housing. Mm. Um, because what we know is that whatever people's incomes are, they're being eaten up in places like Auckland significantly because of that cost of housing. Mm. And then I think the other thing that I would say that it makes us more uniquely New Zealand mm. is that I think at a cultural pers- cultural perspective mm. that we respected and recognised the importance of Māori as the Indigenous people of New Zealand and yes. that was reflected in yes. the um, investment and the way that we revitalised the language mm. um, and that we had kaitiaki in terms of um, you know the environment and mm. that Māori played a role in that and that there was um, a point at which there was you know great I should say asset management so that there mm. could be self-determination true self-determination mm. and um, and I think that's what you know a lot of Māori and iwi are striving for mm. Um, but we also we were able to do that um, and re- but and recognise that special recognition while understanding that we are have a multicultural mm. um, society. Um, I heard that we've got the most um, different ethnicities of anywhere in the world living in Auckland. Totally, that's why I have pushed for that second language learning bill mm. in schools. And then just finally one thing, mm. which is that so we were um, connected. We had a quality of opportunity, great standards in terms of education, we're affordable to live, um, culturally, um, you know, we recognised Māori. I think as well our place in the world, yes. I would say, that at an identity level, mm. that we were seen and we played, we made it, continued, actually New Zealanders have over a long period of time, mm. continued to be seen and continue to be heard mm. and make change as an independent small nation mm. um, that, you know, was seen as morally um, sound. Mm. That's 
Great vision. Anyway. So that's a great vision. Sheroes and heroes, who are your role models or inspirational people and, and why? Mum. Great. Um, I've often, I often say to young people, you know, there's a lot of people that look into the paper for their role models, mm. but my grandmother and then my mum. Mm. Um, why? Because she taught me the values that I have. Yes. Um, and she's lived some still today. Mm. Her and Neil still help a lot of people out in South Auckland where they are living. Um, and then other other heroes. Um, you, it's, it's sort of interesting because I have people that I have met mm-hmm. um, part through my role as an MP and as a minister. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll never um, forget one gentleman, Barry, who wrote to me because he had major hearing impairment. Right. And he had continually applied yes. for jobs and he couldn't um, secure a job. Right. Because people would not adapt the workplace effectively for him. Mm. And he managed to secure a job for himself. Wow. And, but then what, what inspired me about him was mm. that he then kept writing to me and others <laughs> to make sure that he changed the system That's for awesome. other people and wow. so we you know, yeah. ended up writing to ministers but so there's sort of people like that mm. that you think are so they are so unselfish they, yes. a lot of people come through my office and it, it really is and you can understand that it's about them it's about their family they need mm. to resolve something sure. and then there are other people that come through mm. that are like a dog with a bone <laughs> but because they are fixed mm. on improving the lives of others that's amazing yeah that's yeah. great and in terms of, um, my next question is usually giving back and tell us what you do with the community. Your whole job is pretty much giving back and working with the community. Do any um, community projects or things come to mind you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, every every election I campaign on about between usually 10 and 15 projects, mm. actually 10 and 20 sometimes. <laughs> um, so some of the things that have been highlights, but then that I'm still focused on, um, you know, I stood against the party on mining on Great Barrier because um, I felt I, you know, campaigned on being a guardian of conservation of the Haraki Gulf. Yes. And I was able to go full circle on that issue and um, get the minister to put two thirds of the island into conservation park status. Wow, great. From stewardship. Yeah. So I feel very passionate about that mm. for generations to come. Mm. Um, you know, it's the future for Barrier as a this paradise from an adventure tourism but also an education perspective yes um there you know i work alongside organizations like the city mission and mm. so i was very pleased to push well one thing was around something it's called the homelessness court but there were a number of people who were ending up on the street because they were getting convictions for antisocial behavior and we managed Gosh. to create a new system um, that enabled things like treatment orders and mm. then housing first program which is wraparound yes. support for people yes. with complex needs so mm. I'm still working with City Mission around um, programs like that mm. um, I um, have worked really hard locally around the school redevelopments so right. Freeman's Bay, Western mm. Springs and it's going to be great to see Western mm. Springs open the largest redevelopment um, in um, New Zealand 
at an education level, at a policy level, what lies ahead. Mm. I have the second language learning bill, which I really would love the government to take up because yes. I think we're um, an outlier and that we're one of, I think, Auckland right. is the most diverse city in the world, but yes. we are um, monolingual, you know, very... True, we have, right. Um, mm. Do not have the access to languages. Mm. So I'm working to push that um, forward. I've also been working, and I'm near the end of a piece of legislation for body corporates and apartment owners um, and that's around number of people potentially have been ripped off because they haven't known what they're bought into Right. and they get into disputes and it's their whole asset and it's heartbreaking mm. so I've got lots of I've, you have a lot on yeah, yeah a lot of stuff <laughs> which yeah it's yeah. good if there was a message you'd like to share with all women everywhere what would that be? To back yourself, mm-hmm. to be kind to others, and particularly other women. Yes. Um, to invest mm-hmm. in your um, personal development. Mm. To contribute to others and the community. Mm. And then, you know, ultimately it's sort of take the time to work out who you are and what drives you and what makes you happy because life's way too short to be mm. um, not focusing on that. Yeah, great. that's great advice. As we reflect in New Zealand here on our 125th anniversary of suffrage, what are your thoughts on the status quo in New Zealand and the world for the life and opportunities for women and girls? In New Zealand? Um, our scorecard is mixed. Right. It is fantastic in terms of the first country. You know, Kate Shepard, I was reading a little bit about her the other day, mm. actually. Didn't realise she travelled the world. And it, you know, it wasn't just New Zealand in terms mm. of what she did for the movement. Yes. So the um, right to vote, you know, we, we have some incredible runs on the board. Yes. In our mm. country. Um, at an education level as well, mm. you know, the... the, the the gender um, equality, if you like. I think I saw some figures the other day of young women lawyers. I think that you know, yeah. There's there's areas where there will be people saying in terms of the disparity the other other way. Where we are not as good is um, pay equity, mm. Um, mm. for which you know there's a lot of people focused on that, and we you know we we, we had our own piece of legislation, but it's going to be an exciting time in my view for the yes. next few years to continue to break mm. down that yeah. um, and try and rid that um, then we also have to get more women on boards mm. and we've we we did quite a lot and actually massively increased numbers to the mid 40s for public sector boards but mm. private sector boards we need mm. we need not only women but men to lead the way on that yes and then international and then I would say um you know, internationally, well, it's shocking mm. that we, you know, how is it that Saudi Arabia mm. woman can only drive in mm. the year 2018? Mm. How is it that we have organisations like Boko Haram? Mm. Um, how, you know, we still have situations in parts of the world mm. whereby, um, you know, it's appalling mm. in terms of the rights of women, and so I think things are changing. I think the pace of change mm. 
um, I hope that we are on the what's the bell curve or whatever. Yeah. And it's going to be we're in the period of time where it's going to be rapid. I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Nikki. It was Thank a you. great chat and great talking with you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Joe. Thank you.